morning, everybody. It's there. We have it. Good morning. Yeah, it's fine. Come, can you give me another battery, please? Hello, there we are. It seems like one of our older batteries have given up the ghost. <laughs> so, good morning. Let me just get you open here. It's good to have you guys here with us. And welcome to the live Tuesday morning. Eh? Uh, broadcast here from Christ Life Ministries. Hello, Janine. Hello, Greg. Good morning. Good morning. Hello, Ma. Um, yeah, I bataraya. Okay, so I've, I, <laughs> I have a word. Um, now, I want you to, to just enjoy this, and it's good news, and it's going to be a blessing to you. And I believe, I believe we are called to be like a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. We are, <clears throat> we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. We're the dwelling place of God. We are supposed to. Um, carry the manifest presence, the manifest glory of God on our lives. Just as much, or even more, well, much more really, much more than the Ark of the Covenant in the, in the Old um, Covenant had the glory of God manifested on it. When Moses uh, went into the tent of meeting and all that, when the, when the glory came, you know, uh, when the glory of God uh, was on the mountain where Moses met with God, that glory, but a better glory, a greater glory, a glory speaking of mercy, as was described in Hebrews chapter 12, we have not come to the mountain that is ablaze with fire, a mountain that can be touched with people. We have come to Mount Zion, to the church of the firstborn, to the city, um, to angels in festival gathering. So we have come to a different mountain. And a mountain of mercy, where the blood of Jesus speaks of mercy. So we are supposed to be carriers of the glory, of the presence of God. So in everything we do, we represent the Father. In everything that we do, we um, have the presence of God with us. So um, the focal point of Christianity shouldn't only be um, coming Together, I just heard a sermon of Paul Johnson. He said we shouldn't gather around a sermon only, although the word is really important. But in the midst of gathering around the word, we need to gather around the presence. The you know Israel camped around the presence of God. So um, so in everything that we do, the presence needs to be the presence of God needs to be in the word. The presence of God needs to be in the worship. The the presence needs to be in our act of worship when it's giving time, the presence of God in everything that we do. When we go out to minister to the sick, when we lead people to Jesus, wherever we go, we are not only stewards, but the dwelling place itself. You know, uh, you are a body of Christ. All right, so people have this idea that they are separated from God. People have this idea that God is there and I am here, and there's a separation between me and God. Okay, and that used to be so, <laughs> but over every believer, 
there's open heavens. Over every believer, there is open heavens. Okay, so um, the heavens are not open over over people who, tr- who are religious who try. Um, you know the good old scripture that we keep on quoting throughout the years. Second Corinthians three verse fifteen says, um, "Whenever Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts and their minds." So the closing of the heavens in someone's life is in, mostly in your own mind. Okay, it's because there's a veil on your heart and on your mind that separates your understanding and your awareness from His presence. Okay, so the veil was never meant to bring us closer to God. The veil was meant to separate people from the glory. And it was done with kind intent because at that stage, uh, humanity was so wicked that if the glory of God would appear, everyone would die. (laughs) So, um, but the point is now that Jesus has paid the price, now that we have the, the perfect sacrifice, now that the blood of Jesus has cleansed us, now that we have received the Holy Spirit, there's no more need for a veil. So there's no more need for a separation between you and God. Uh, you, you need to embrace his presence and not keep him away until one day you go to heaven. Uh, you're not supposed to meet your maker when you go to heaven. You're supposed to meet your maker now. <laughs> you know, meet your maker. Um, his name is Jesus. <laughs> meet your maker, the Father. They are one. Okay, so I'm going to start in um, Isaiah chapter 64, and just listen to this. Oh, that you would rend the heavens, and that you would come down, that the mountains might quake and flow down at your presence. So there's a, a mention of the mountain. So the first mountain, the physical mountain, was the Mount Horeb or the Mount Sinai where where the law was given and there was a quaking and there was a fire and there was fear and trembling. And then there was a different mountain. And Jesus um, was crucified on the mountain Golgotha um, and there was a shaking. Okay. And um, to give us access to the new mountain, which is Mount Zion, which is the real heavenly city of Jerusalem, not the physical city of Jerusalem, the heavenly city of Jerusalem, which is the church of the firstborn, which is um, everyone born of the Spirit of God. Okay. Now, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. So, Lord, there needs to be a rend, rending of the veil. There needs to be a rending of the separation between the glory of God and humanity on this earth. Okay? Oh, that you would rend the heavens and that you would come down. Um, that the mountains might quake and flow down at your presence. Okay? So when, he's, when he does something, he sends his word. Okay? So just turn back with me to Isaiah 55. And he says here... Um, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have love, pity and mercy for him. So that's it, love and pity and mercy. And to our God, for he will multiply to him his abundant pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, God speaking to the natural man. My thoughts are not your thoughts and neither your ways, my ways, says the Lord. For as their heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So your personal opening up to the experience of open heavens 
will be when you have the mind of Christ. It opens up and you see. You, you, you think what God thinks and you see what he sees. You start seeing in the invisible. Okay, So the rending causes us to think. But it says here, for as the rain and snow come down from the heavens and return not there again. So it comes to remain. The rain and the snow comes to remain. It doesn't come and leave. It comes to remain. For as the rain and the snow comes down from the heavens and return not there again, but water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect or useless, but it shall accomplish that which I please in purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So the word is the person Jesus Christ. So he went, and the rain and snow came down, and it remained. The word became flesh. It's Jesus Christ. He returned. Okay. But the Christ remains forever. Okay. So I want to go to, let's go to Matthew chapter 3. I think that's a good place to just pick it up. Matthew chapter 3. Scripture that you know well, that we've looked at very, very often. All right, so here comes John the Baptist, and John the Baptist is now going to baptize Jesus. Jesus replied to him, verse 15, permitted to be, uh, permitted just now, for this is the fitting way for both of us to fulfill all righteousness, that is to perform, perform completely whatever is right. Then he permitted him. And when Jesus was baptized, he went up at once out of the water, and behold, the heavens were opened. Okay, so Isaiah says, O Lord, rend the heavens and come down. Isaiah says, as the rain comes down and returns not there again. Okay, so the heavens, okay, opened up. And he, John, saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. So what came down when the, when the heavens were opened is the Holy Spirit. So the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God equals open heavens. The presence, manifest presence of God equals open heavens. All right, and behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my son, my beloved, in whom I delight. Okay, so now we just go to John chapter 1. It's the same story, just John's account of it. In verse 32, he says, John gave further evidence, saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he dwelt on him never to depart. Okay, never to depart. Okay, so he had the Spirit without measure he was sealed by the spirit um, john chapter 6 verse 29 okay and i did not know him or recognize him but he who verse 27 actually um and i did not know him or recognize him but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me upon him whom you shall see the spirit descend and remain that one is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen that happen. I actually did see it, and my testimony is that this is the Son of God. Again, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked along and said, Look, there 
is the Lamb of God. Okay, so they saw the Lamb of God. They recognized him because the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit came. So when people see the presence of God, when the presence of God is manifested and felt, people see the manifested Son. So creation is waiting. Creation is groaning for the sons of God to be made manifest. Um, creation is earnestly waiting to enter into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. So there has to be a manifestation of glory. There has to be something manifesting from the unseen realm into the seen realm. Okay? And that sets creation free from its bondage, from its bondage to decay also. All right, so the Spirit came down. So Christ remains forever. So Jesus in his body, <clears throat> Jesus in his body went into the unseen. This is something I've been teaching a couple of years. Jesus got his disciples together and he said, receive my spirit. And he blew on them and they received the spirit. He said, wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So they went and they waited. The cloud received him out of their sight. So he went into the unseen. He just poured the Spirit on his disciples. He went into the Spirit. Next moment, Acts chapter 2, the heavens were rent again and opened up. Okay, so what happened? The Spirit of God descended not on one only, but there came a lighting or fire, and sat on each one of them. So it's now not only one that got the alighting in the form of a dove, now it's everyone in the room. Okay, they were in one place in one accord. And here comes the Holy Ghost. So where's Jesus in the Spirit? So where's the Spirit poured out on every person? So he never went away. He just went into the unseen. So he came to remain. Now, if the Holy Ghost will remain on Jesus forever, and Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Nothing will pluck you out of my hand. John chapter 10. Um, You know, nothing will ever separate you from the love of God, Romans chapter 8. He will never leave us, and the Holy Spirit will forever be upon him. And he pours his Spirit on us. There's no way that the Holy Spirit will leave you. There's no way. The Holy Spirit came to remain. Okay, so the only separation between the Holy Spirit that is now with you, Emmanuel, God is with us, and you in your consciousness, is what are you thinking? What, What are you aware of? Okay, so because judgment causes the veil to lie on the heart and on the mind. So the only thing still causing us not to experience the open heavens that's really open in, in, above every real believer, every true believer, is simply our own unrenewed minds. So let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And he will have love, pity, and mercy for him. And let him turn to our God, for he will multiply to him his abundant pardon. So don't worry about what you messed up. You don't need the law and the judgment for it. Jesus fixed it. Don't go there. Don't meditate on it. Just step back and leave it. Trust the blood. 
and now you give your full attention to his presence. Now you give your full attention to the blood. And the blood of Jesus causes the presence to come. The blood of Jesus cleanses your conscience. So the blood of Jesus cleanses you from dead works and lifeless observances. With other words, the blood of Jesus removes the veil. Okay. So the cleansing of the conscience, the removing of lifeless observances, law and legalism. The law brings a consciousness of sin. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1 to 3. Um, Romans chapter 3, verse 20. The law brings the knowledge of sin, a conscious awareness of sin. Okay? So now, the blood of Jesus washes it away. If that's washed away, then you are suddenly aware of the presence. Why, why do you think that when someone is gloriously born again, Suddenly they just pull people up out of wheelchairs, you know, and they have boldness. They just, you know, and they have no problem with anyone. They forgive everyone. They're just, you know, full of the Holy Ghost. You know, when someone just got baptized in the Holy Ghost, you know, they're just full of the Holy Spirit. Okay? What happened? Blood cleanses their conscience. The Holy Spirit is still with you in the same way. But what happened in, in between? Well, Churchianity happened. And like it or not, even we who love the word and really go for revelation in the word still have some residue of legalism. Otherwise, if we didn't, we would have looked exactly like Jesus, manifested sons. Okay, so the only thing causing us not to walk in the fullness of the manifestation is an unrenewed mind. The only thing causing us not to, to experience open heavens like Prophet William says, corpo, corpo. <laughs> All right? So the veil needs to be lifted from the mind and the heart. If the veil is lifted from the mind and the heart, the Holy Ghost is free to manifest himself. So what is more important? Is it more important to be right or is it more important to have the presence? Is it more important to be the perfect pastor that everyone can clap and applaud or is it more important to just have his presence? Is it more important to have a church with 60,000 seats or is it more important to have the presence? Yeah. You know, if you, if you look at people who really shook the world, you know, through their books, some of them shook the world only after they died, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so some of them, their books only went right, like really big and everyone, their lives were transformed and ministries were transformed by the books after the guy was dead. So he's... <laughs> He never saw the full impact of his ministry. So this is what I'm saying. It's not about applause. It's about, um, do you have a passion for the presence of Jesus when no one's looking? Do you have a a passion for the presence of Jesus? Do you want him with you? And do you want his presence in in the service? What's the point of the service? So that everything works like clockwork? So that everything, all the technical things run perfectly and so that, the, you know, everyone, you know, this feature goes six minutes and then two minutes and then 36 seconds for this part. And then, and then everything, and then everyone just is ushered out and the next group is coming in. Hey, hey, what about the presence? You know, when you're in the presence of God, you lose complete awareness of time. Okay, maybe that's why I keep on preaching so long. Okay, 
And that's why I put a watch there, so a clock there, so I can see. <laughs> um, but the presence of God is what we're after. If the word doesn't bring the presence, then I'm not in the word. If the worship doesn't bring in the presence, then I'm, we're not worshiping. But then we're just busy. Okay. So what we want is the presence of God. And the presence of God equals open heavens. And that's why Jesus died. Okay, so I want to take you to the death of Christ in Matthew chapter 27. And I want you to see, and I just want to refer, this, uh, you will see now. Remember Sunday's sermon. Okay, so uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 50. And Jesus cried again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. And at once the curtain of the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split. So the rock was cleft. The rocks were split. At the moment the rocks were split, the tombs were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep in death were raised to life. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Okay. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, observed the earthquake and all that was happening, they were terribly frightened and filled with awe and said, truly this was the Son of God. Okay, so what did John and the, the crowd there say when they saw the Holy Ghost descend on him? This is the Son of God. So what did they say when they, when they saw what a shaking it caused when his body died? <laughs> this is the Son of God. Okay, so now. Um, in the, Jesus ushered in open heavens in different ways. Okay, When he was born, the heavens opened and the angels came and sang praises. Okay, So he was born and the heavens were already open. And you know, the, the angels sang, said glory to God in the highest and peace on earth um, to mankind in whom God is well pleased. Okay, so they brought the good news of glad tidings, good news of great joy. Okay, heavens were open. Jesus, were, Jesus was born. Okay, so the word became flesh. So the word was sent, came down. All right, so there he is, a child, you know, and he just did his thing, and no one really did see anything, you know. And when he was 12, he was teaching in the in the temple and the people were astounded at his, at his teaching and then he was three years old you know and then they, the jews have an adoption ceremony so he's coming of age he's now he's now big 30 years old okay so when he was 30 years old he comes we read it matthew 3 and john chapter 1 here comes um jesus and he's baptized by john the baptist all righteousness to be fulfilled. Got up out of the water. What happened? The heavens opened. So first, a child was born. Second, a son was given. Heavens were open. child was born. Heavens were open. A son was given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And he shall be called Prince of Peace, mighty God, everlasting Father. You know, and of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. So the son was given. Okay. And from there, signs and wonders and miracles. Signs and wonders and miracles. Okay? The Holy Ghost descended on him. Heavens opened. This is my son 
in whom I'm well pleased. All right? So now he's got it. He's got it. You know, now and then he gave power to the disciples, but he's the one that's got it. All right? The disciples could do stuff because he's there. All right? So, the cross. The heavens were opened again because the veil was rent, top to bottom. So the veil of the law that kept the heavens closed. So Hebrews chapter 10 verse 20 opened up a fresh new living way for us through the power of the blood of Jesus, through the separating curtain that is through his flesh. His flesh body was torn. The earth was shaken and the rocks were split open and the tombs opened up. The heavens were opened. Okay, so now the way is opened. Okay. So now he comes up, raised from the dead, and he appears to the disciples, receive the Spirit. Okay. Now they sit, and they're all in one place one and together, and suddenly the heavens were opened again. And the Holy Ghost fell upon all of them. And they were all baptized with the Holy Ghost. They, were all, they all received him, and they spoke in other tongues. So in Acts chapter 10, these guys went and preached. Acts chapter 10, house of Cornelius, the personal Pentecosts of the Gentiles, the Italian band. Here comes Cornelius and his household is sitting there. And Peter preached. Peter, Peter who preached the first time when the Holy Ghost was poured out, he's present. He's saying, how God anointed Jesus of, of Nazareth, how he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And then he speaks of the death and the resurrection. He said, and all the prophets testify that all who trusts in him receives forgiveness of their sins. And while he was yet speaking, the Holy Ghost fell on all who were listening. So what opens the heavens now? It's the preaching of the word. And the Holy Ghost fell. As the word came down from heaven and returned not there again, so shall my word be. So it's like the rains coming down and abides. So the Holy Ghost comes down when the word comes down. So when the, when the heavens are open, when the Spirit of God is moving. So here's someone who believes the heavens is open. That person has insight, that person knows things, that person has an experience, a personal history with God. Now he starts speaking. And people hear it, and their minds become renewed. The veil, stripped off, taken away. Holy Ghost. When you believe in him, you get the Holy Ghost. With other words, when repentance happens, the heavens open for you. So the heavens are open. And Jesus went through every level on which it should be open. <laughs> it's open now. <laughs> so the last door to open is you opening the door of your heart. So Revelation 3, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens up, I will come into him and I will eat with him. Sup with him. All right, so... You open the heavens over your own life when you embrace Jesus who's trying to come to you through the word. Okay? So, the heavens are open. 
open, Jesus was born, open, Jesus was baptized, open, Jesus crucified, he opened it for us. He made sure we got it by pouring out his spirit in Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 10. He facilitates you getting it. He's your high priest of forever after the order of Melchizedek, at the right hand of the Father, pleading as he's interceding for you. So, he fulfilled the law. He left you an inheritance. He died to activate the inheritance. He was raised again so that he might become the, the advocate with the Father. Pleading for you, and he's also the judge. Pleading for you so that you can get what he left you in the inheritance. What more must he do? The only thing we need to do is just believe his word. So now, just a small adjustment of the heart. Let us have an affection for his presence rather than for the activities in the presence. Let us have an affection for him and welcome his presence in the word, in the worship, in the laying on of hands, in the giving, in whatever we are doing outside in the streets, the presence is with you. The presence is with you. The presence is with you. The heavens are open. All things are possible. So can we still pray Isaiah 64, oh, that you rend the heavens, rend the heavens, <laughs> that you rend the heavens and come down? Yes. Oh, Lord, send revival. Rend the heavens over every person. That's, that's got a veil. Rend the heavens. Rend their veil. Pull it off. Okay? So that's what we're doing. That's, that's why we have church. That's what we're doing. That's the point of our lives. Years ago, I had a vision. And it was so clear. I see it's time, but I can quickly share this. Not too long. Um, years ago, I had a vision. It was so, so clear. So real. And in it... I was, I was in darkness, and I was, I was holding this thing above my head. almost like a shield, like a metal thing with handles, so I kept it. But it was darkness, and I felt something pull it up. And I pulled it back, and I felt something pull it up, and I pulled it back. And then the pulling was too strong, and poof, out of my hands. And I looked up, and light came. Okay, so there you got Pentecost. There you got Jesus being baptized. The light came. And as I looked up, I saw the light and I started flying. I went up. And I looked down and I saw like a landscape of a veil. And it was in little blocks, everyone holding their own veil, trying to keep the glory out. <laughs> and then I started pulling. And some pulled easily and people started coming up with me, pulling the veils off the heads of people. And some really insisted, no, and they pulled it back over their heads. But most, you know, it was just pulled off. And we started flying over the landscape, all the, all the ones that lifted, got lifted up in, into the light. We started pulling the veils off of the heads of people. That's the preaching of the gospel. That's the ministry of the Spirit. Okay? So we need to lift the veils from the hearts and minds of people so that people can live in 
the very presence of God. You are not separated from God. God is with you. The only thing that's causing you to experience separation is an unrenewed mind. So just hear the gospel and allow God to remove the veil. Okay? When a person turns in repentance to the Lord, verse 16, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 2 Corinthians 3, verse 16, the veil is stripped off and taken away. Okay? So when a person turns in to the Lord, the veil is stripped off. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, you know, Spirit poured out, Holy Ghost, Shiba Baba, you know, Acts chapter 2. Okay, so um, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we all, we all, with unveiled face, continue to behold as in a glass the glory of the Lord in the Word of the Lord, are constantly transfigured into His very own image from glory to glory. From the old darkness, glory of Moses that faded, to the glory revealed in the face of Jesus Christ, now being revealed in you. When Christ shall appear, you will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. So there's glory for us. His presence is with you. You are both in heaven and on earth at the same time. The only adjustment that still needs to happen, value his presence. Okay? Value his presence. Have your mind renewed. Let be renewed, says Ephesians, in the spirit of your mind. I think Ephesians 4, end of Ephesians 4. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Okay. So let the spirit of God, the mind of Christ, dwell in you. All right. Open heavens. Let the presence of God dwell with you. Okay. So thank you for listening. Um, no, I'm closing. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, hello, Phyllis Brandt and Ingrid. Hello, bless you, Ingrid. We agree for your miracle in Jesus' name. Um, yeah, bless you guys. If you have any prayer requests, just you know, comment or send us a message, and uh, we will pray for you. So we love you. Be blessed. We pray that the glory of God will flood your life in Jesus' name. We'll see you again tomorrow morning at nine. Amen.